Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas, and I'm to listen to episode 135 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Playboy. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness, salvation, Father, and the grace and the mercy that you bestow upon us, Lord, believers that have put our faith and trust in you, Lord. Father, sometimes we tend to take it for granted, Lord, and feel comfortable in where we sit at, Father. But, Lord, we need to continue to challenge our faith, Lord. Look ourselves in the mirror, Father, and always think about where we were saved from and from what we were saved from, Lord, because, uh, Father, we continue to sin, Lord, and we struggle with it, Lord, to the point where we need to be reminded, Father, of your grace and your mercy, Lord. Thank you for this time you give us to gather, Lord, my brother and I, as we uh, do another, record another podcast, Lord. I pray that the uh, subject, the information we are, are to speak about, Father, not only that it brings honor to you, Lord, Father, but that we can also dissect, Father, uh, separate the error from the truth, Lord. And Father, help us to always be faithful to your word. Thank you for my brother, the brain, Father, being willing and able, Father, to uh, just record, Father, uh, uh, these episodes, Lord, and I thank you for his life. Pray that you bless us, and Father, pray for our listeners as well, Father, that they can be blessed with the material, with the uh, things said in the podcast, Lord. Thank you for all things, and uh, may uh, everything bring glory to your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. My brother, from another mother, how are you? Hey, good, brother. How you doing? I don't know. <laughs> you look too cool. I don't know. You're sitting there cool. with a red shirt, with the American flag. That says Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Ah, Tennessee. It's for you folks out there in Pigeon Forge. I got your shirt on. So every once in a while, folks, when you hear a little bit of a t- Tennessean accent, you know, kind of slips on my brother here and there. So I ain't got no idea what you be talking about, brother. <laughs> That's actually really good. You know, deep inside, it's still there. <laughs> You know what they say, you can take the boy out of the south, but you can't take the south out of the boy. Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> awesome possum. Good stuff, bro. Yep. How you been, my brother? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, yeah. My wife has gotten into minimalism. Minimalism. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does that mean you're going to be moving into a tiny house? Or... You're should I slap him now, folks, or should I slap him after the podcast? Buy a camper <laughs> and drive around the United States and live in a small camper? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, campers go down in value. You never want to buy anything that goes down in value. That's why, folks, don't ever... If, if anybody's trying to sell you timeshare, 
a trailer, mobile home, even if it's set on a foundation with a deck built on it, run like the hickens from it. It goes down in value. You don't want to buy it now. Yeah, just just to let you know, that's true. Timeshares are horrible. Get but, away from. But stay it's away from cheaper. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. I got all. I was listening to Dave Ramsey this week, and it just it kind of got me stirred up. Oh, you're a little <laughs> Ramsey high, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, my wife has gotten into minimal minimal. Okay, minimalism. Uh, thank you. Uh, dip, dip, dip. What's up, folks? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you got Bugs Bunny on the mind too. So uh, anyway, so minimalism, and uh, that if you don't know what that is, that's where you declutter your life and you begin to minimalize what you own. And um, so, hey, I bet you can use that as a. not uh, as I see Jesus in one of your uh, sermons or you know teachings. <laughs> I'm just saying. An icy Mini. Jesus? You know, we have icy Jesus, and then we have icy Jesus. Right? I don't know. What? what is that like uh, Jesus visited Antarctica or something? Icy Jesus? I see Jesus. That's what I mean. I, you, you see Jesus. Uh-oh. we got visions going on here, folks. So, I see Jesus is when you I actually... See, I see Jesus, yes. I see Jesus. Yes. yes. I see Jesus. Yes. I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Yeah. We're just being silly. Anyway, super silly. So, uh, yeah, that's the eisegesis is where you read your ideology into the text or what you want the text to say into the text. See, that's what I'm saying. You could apply minimalist to. <laughs> I declutter my life from. <laughs> We're silly folks. We, anyway, we just, <laughs> so she's. And I, I, by the way, she said she'd be willing to come on to the podcast and talk about it. Oh, wow, cool. So we'll That'd have one awesome. as a guest. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're decluttering our life, which is really nice. But uh, <laughs> today, uh, since we're getting close to moving, and I'm getting, I'm two weeks out from full, total, 100% retirement. Woohoo! <laughs> um, I decided it's time to start, right? Yeah. Since I'm on my weekend. So, first thing you have to do is pile your clothes onto something like your bed, right? Mm -hmm. And the bed is really appropriate because you have to clear them out before you can go to bed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, I said, okay, we'll do that. So, I piled my clothes on the bed and decided that climbing Mount Everest was probably not a good idea. <laughs> You don't realize how much you have until you pile it on to your bed, folks. I think that that went, that's just going to take me a week. Awesome. I'm going to be sleeping on the couch for the next week. <laughs> no, actually, it's going faster than I thought, but it, it's a ton of clothes. It's amazing how much you can get rid of that you collect over the years, right? So, anyway, so minimalism is uh, the new thing in the household here. That's the new fast. That's your new honeydew, right? Yeah, that's uh, you know my wife. I, I, well, and folks, by the way, when I walked in, I thought I was gonna get pummeled. <laughs> you know, I saw him in his uh, karate stands with his. You found some treasures, right? On that. Uh, and in the process, yeah. Tell us what what you had on, brother. As I walked in, I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" They call it a psalm, 
Not not the one in the Bible, the, the Chinese oh, okay. Chinese psalm. Okay, uh, it's a kung fu outfit, uh, not one for Halloween, a real one, and it has a big dragon on the back and a dragon on the front, and a ceremonial type of uh, top for the psalm yeah. for the uh, uniform, and uh, so I greeted uh, the the beef at the door with it. So I must say, the white Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> received me at the at the door with his song on. Him when he could snatch the mask from my hand, he could enter, and uh, then I said, "Okay." And, and folks, guess what? I, I just literally just grabbed it out of his hand like nothing, like no one's business. And he wouldn't. Take but you know, what? I think it was a trick because it was <laughs> a face mask, which he's been trying to get rid of anyway. So he's like, "Take it. It's all yours." <laughs> he didn't even know. <laughs> on to the trick <laughs> no effort put on as far as him trying to hold it in his hand it's like he just floated it up in the air here you'll catch it <laughs> oh you learn uh, much wisdom in a short time you know brother topic. hanging out with you it's made, me, it's made me a little bit wiser just a little bit <laughs> good stuff so anyway. good stuff that's awesome brother i know that uh so, you know you are getting ready uh to for your big move here and I also noticed something else. What else did you Usually notice? Usually I come in in the summer in your house, and I'm, I'm sweating more when I'm inside than when I'm outside. <laughs> but this time, it felt rather cool in here. Like, oh man, it feels really great in here. Like, what's going on? We and it felt like brand new AC. I don't know. We depleted the savings account by about 45%. <laughs> <laughs> and a brand new big AC unit went on to the house. Hey, but not like the property doesn't give you any value that it looks yours just gain a whole bunch of value. Uh, because I just got central air. Right. <laughs> and it's about to go on the market, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Smart man. Smart man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels really nice in here, brother. Appreciate Thank you. that. I get yeah. to enjoy it a little bit before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> as, anyway. as, as if our audience cares about it. They're, they're like, Why, uh, what are they doing, these two? Come on, just get to the real important exactly. things. Who cares about you guys? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Sorry. We just lose our mind there for a minute. Mm-mm. Anyways, let's get us started here, brother. Okay, we get temporary sanity now? Okay, we go get ahead. temporary sanity. <laughs> I got important news here. You have Something that news. we've spoken about before. What, you brought in and out? You know what? In my heart, I did. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know what? I do owe you in no and out. shakes? I do, I do owe you in and out. Anyway, anyway, when, he, when I saw the text, I was like, man, I got I to gotta get this man. See, now, right I'm, now I'm keeping the trivia going. So yeah, keep going. Okay, is, go ahead. Go ahead is. with the important news. What we got? All right, brother. Let's see. Al Mohler loses SBC presidency. Uh-oh. We've spoken about this before. Pastor who lets his wife preach is the victor. <laughs> that coming from the SBC. It says here, in a dark day for Southern Baptist, Pastor Ed Linton has won the SBC presidency, defeating Al Mohler, Mike Stone, and Randy Adams to take the helm of the floundering denomination. In a stunning upset, the first round of ballots knocked off Mohler, who only received 26.32% of the vote as well as Adams, who got 4.71. It was Moeller's race to lose, being seen as there 
heir apparent and elder statement of the SBC, and he was crushed. The left stone with 30... That this left stone with 36.48 and 32.38% for Lytton heading into a runoff, demonstrating that the conservatives were right to reject Moeller. His contingency broke left and voted for the most progressive candidate in the race, giving Lytton the win 52% to 48, vindicating those who have been sounding the clarion call about Moeller for years and those who support them. One of the intangible variables that we'll, that we'll likely never know is what impact the fake controversy of Hannah Kate's meeting with Mike Stone had on voters. This encounter resulted in a story of Stone causing a sex abuse victim to burst into tears as he intensively told her that she was bad for the SBC, causing her to retreat into the protection of her advocates and defenders, including one in J of J.D. Greer's worship pastors, Michael Georges Jr., who was at her side, and who we have discussed here. If there is one upside, Lytton will likely prove to be more open and transparent about his beliefs than Moeller has been, though lying about his wife preaching isn't a good start. <laughs> his victory has also brought some stark clarity to the Southern Baptist Convention about what drift the showrunners are oriented towards. And we fully expect a mass exodus by conservative congregations from the denomination over the next few years. At Lytton won the SBC presidency. Time to reap the whirlwind. In this article written by Protestia, which is like the, what, the underchild of uh, pulpit and pen. So we don't expect any, any indifferent in their writing. <laughs> They've right. been vocal about uh, Moeller for quite some years. Yes. And we spoke Brother. Oh, yeah. I lost my mic. Here. Sorry about that, folks. Lost my mic. You can snatch the mic out of my hand. I know. You see that? Do that with a mind trick. <laughs> just showing. Just want to show you how fast I was. I snatched the. I snatched that mic right off his lapel. He didn't even see me move. I see that, man. Mm -hmm. Want to see me? Want to see me run from here to the corner and back? You just did, huh? <laughs> want to say it again? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so silly, dude. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, um, I'm trying to, avoid, trying to avoid the this issue. Here. Um, uh, I mean, we've seen this. We've discussed it. Yes. We've said we were plenty of times when Mahler was actually standing on pretty good solid truth and not swaying left and right on some issues that at that time, people, the SBC didn't want him because he was standing on biblical truth. And we said, man, they're going to push him out. They're going to push him out. But I think he came, uh, I mean, his own demise came because of how he was tossed to and fro there. <laughs> well, sitting on the fence. Sitting on the fence of issues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did sit on, some, on the fence on some issues. Um, and, and, you know, people have been trying to figure that out. Was, is, it, is it all just been politics all along? Uh -huh. I don't know. But I can't read his mind or his heart. I yeah. just watch what's going on, and it's confu very confusing to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and when you look at some of the professors that he has hired recently and fired recently, uh, just doesn't fit the, the bill of um, orthodox, historic, conservative Christianity. Mm -hmm. It fits more of a progressive... Uh, pro-critical race theory mentality. Right. And, 
So, um, I, you know, who knows what direction that's going with Moeller. But <clears throat> full disclosure, folks, um, neither Beefen or I are members of the SBC. True that. So whatever we say is coming from outside of the organization, mm -hmm. not inside of it. We're not Southern Baptist Convention members or Southern Baptist. Uh, we're just, we're, I guess... Too wild and crazy yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're waiting for that pause, weren't you? Um, how do I top that? So, um, but anyway, we're we're just Orthodox uh, historic Christians, and by by what I mean by Orthodox is not the Orthodox denomination, right? Uh, but Orthodox in the sense that we. Uh, hold to the um, historic confessions of the Christian faith, like the Baptist Confession of, um, what was it, 16, I um, can't remember what year it was. Yeah, it was 16-something. 16-something, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Westminster Confession and the Heidelberg Confession, and I've got a number of them. I got a book full of the confessions here. The only one I didn't have was the Baptist one. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, all the different Reformed confessions, we ho we hold to the foundational tenets of those confessions, which they all agree with each other on a, on ninety percent of what they say. Yeah. That they differ maybe a little bit on eschatology, maybe a little bit on uh, on baptism, right. something like that. But when it comes to Soteriology, which is, deals with salvation, when it comes to Christian living, when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to the foundational principles of the faith, they all agree with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that's what we mean by orthodox. This is what came out of the Reformation with the Reformers. Yes. And you can go back to the Apostles' Creed. You can go back to Augustine um, as well. Um, you know, when it comes to the, the theological doctrinal side of it, uh, we're in line with that. And so when this new stuff comes along, CRT, critical race theory, and all of that, uh, it, it kind of disrupts the historic view, historic orthodox view of Christianity. So Moeller, in my mind, is not clean as the driven snow. Mm. You know, uh, he, I think he brought his own demise upon him because he didn't win support from all of the historic Orthodox conservatives right. in, in, the in the convention mm -hmm. because they were suspicious of him or suspect of him. So that means it, it jumped over and went to the progressive. Uh, so because obviously whoever they wanted to vote for was maybe they abstained, I don't know, or if there was a third candidate, but the progressive won. And uh, the, my second thought on it is, is this is what you get when you turn the church into a political organization. Mm. And the SBC has turned into nothing more than a political organization. Yes. Politics determines the president of the SBC. Politics, and, you know, I mean, they're, they're politicking like, like you would uh, if you're running for the U.S. Senate. They're competing with each other and in a, that kind of a political campaign to get the position of president of SBC. Now, does anybody seriously believe that God has anything to do with that? That God is is um, 
involved in that in any form or fashion, mm-hmm. this is not how this is poor uh, ecclesiology because this yeah. this is not how God determined for the church to function. Mm. He did not determine the church to function in political councils where politics runs the church. I know some churches have a form of government where it's kind of a democratic form of government where the congregation votes on everything, all the way from the color of the carpet to uh, almost to what the pastor can preach in the pulpit. Yes. And, and that is not a biblical ecclesiology, I should say. That's not a biblical view mm-hmm. of how the church is supposed to function. And that's why I believe and you believe in the elder uh, form of government Mm -hmm. where elders are uh, are called by God, whatever that means, being called by God. They're gifted and uh, God puts it in their heart and their mind to serve in the capacity of ministry. That's right. And uh, the, the church recognizes their gift. It recognizes their life is, um, is fitting for that position. They, they're not violating First uh, Timothy or Titus when it comes to the qualifications of an elder or a pastor. Elder and a pastor are the same thing. And uh, they, they say, okay, we, we, you know, we recognize that, and then the current pastors look at it, and they say, okay, we're going to accept this person into the ministry yeah. after full examination. Yeah. And um, so and there's a lot of things to consider. Might, he might have a really good life. He might raise his kids well, but there might be just one little thing that they believe would be a problem. Where maybe it's a temptation, maybe it's maybe it's not him, maybe it's a family member uh, that they believe would be a problem if he became right. minister. So you know, there, you've got to look at the whole thing. You got to be very very careful about bringing people into the ministry. So anyway, this is a, that's a biblical uh, ecclesiology, yeah. uh, the, the, the government of the church, right? That's How right. the church functions, and uh, I don't believe the SBC, frankly as far as the convention go, has a biblical ecclesiology. And I don't think God has anything to do with it. And mm-hmm. I think uh, all of this politicking and this progressive versus conservative and all of this stuff um, really has nothing to do with anything that's in Scripture. Amen. You know? That's true. And so, and to add a little bit to what you're saying, also, when you know we adhere to an elder... Uh, um, administration slash governance and none of that is biblical we got no. what is it efficiency that gives you the qualifications of an elder who right. and they're apt to teach to well, t- Timothy Timothy yeah. also uh, as well and Titus yeah. uh, and Titus as well yeah. yeah. so there's qualifications mm-hmm. which is uh, we believe that it you know as far as the governance coming from the church it's more apt than really having just one pastor run the whole entire thing right because an elder board would Keep right. him accountable, right? And if he exactly. falls, he whatever sins he, and he puts on put on a sabbatical, or he's you know been relieved of his duties, mm-hmm. the elder board, any of the members can step in and f- fill that role again, right? And it and and, not, and having multiple elders is uh, helps to ease the burden. 
Amen. I believe that uh, and everything you said is correct, and uh, it helps to ease the burden because the burden is great on pastors. It is extremely, and it's too much to lay all of that onto one man to to pastor a church. I think right. that's just too much on one man, and that's why pastors fail um, way too often. Yeah, um, and also like you know, we'll talk. Some of us we talk about our church. You know, we have an elder board. It's you know we have uh, our pastor as well. But when our pastor is either gone on vacation or he is invited to preach somewhere else, or it's mm-hmm. like he never left because the the subject matter of the preaching, I mean, it's a, it's like he never left because the elders that step in, it's like people still show up to church, still listen, you know, because there's a balance there of mm-hmm. good biblical uh, exposition of God's word. Right. You know, we don't. We're not waiting like, oh, I'm not going this week because Pastor So-and-so ain't preaching this week. Right. Then there's something absolutely wrong with how the governance of that church is going, right? When you don't want to show because a certain pastor is not preaching that week. Right. Come on. Then who are we there for? Are we there to give God honor and glory by receiving his word on a weekly basis? Or are we there for that pastor? Which, again, turns into idolatry. Right. Right. And idolatry in the sense of... The cult of personality. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find specifically the qualifications. I was trying to. Um, I got First Timothy three one through seven. Yeah. Here's uh, I got. Uh, well, I have seven here. Seven is really good. Uh, but specifically seven. Uh, and it, for a bishop must be blameless. Bishop meaning pastor, elder. The number, the the the, the terms are interchangeable, right? As mm-hmm. meaning the same position. Um, for a bishop must be blameless, as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, which means you're not violent, not given to filthy lucre. In other words, not a lover of money, mm-hmm. which would also be a lover of power, seeking power, uh, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to sound, uh, may be, be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, the Pharisees or the Jews, um, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lucre's sake, for the sake of money. Right? Um, and it, you know, you, yeah, I don't want to be picking on megachurch pastors, but you have to be very careful and suspicious, very careful when it comes to some of those. Uh, one of themselves, uh, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in their faith, in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commands of men that turn from the truth. And I would call uh, anything involving critical race theory in the church a command of men. 
mm. this stuff of uh, you know you have to re- you have to do penance for your whiteness and all of that you know <laughs> the white privilege and all that that that's man made that has nothing to do with what God has to say yeah. in the scriptures not even in the least so uh, that's an example now uh, here is. Um, <clears throat> Here's 2 Timothy, another passage that kind of talks about some of this. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is chapter 2 of uh, 2 Timothy. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now, it has to be faithful men. Faithful to what? Faithful to God. Faithful to the Word of God. Not faithful to the people. Mm-hmm. Faithful to God and the Word of God. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If you are campaigning <clears throat> political style mm-hmm. to be the president of the SBC, are you entangled with the things of this life? The affairs of this life. Something that something to that really question is make it? you go. Hmm. That he that you might please him who had chosen you to be a soldier, right? Mm-hmm. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully? The husbandman. That labors must be first partaker of the fruits, and must be a believer. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, uh, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, there have been victims lately, and I saw a video this week of a, of a lady that I believe is uh, telling the truth. And she's a believer. She's a Christian. She has a reverence for the Word of God and a mm. reverence for Christ. Yeah. That was trafficked, 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 I can't get that word out, trafficked as a child for sex. She was a sex slave when she was a child. She was abused. Mm. And um, she names, in particular, a couple of megachurch pastors that were involved in that enterprise of human trafficking and sex slavery. Wow. And one was Greg Laurie. Mm. That'll shock a lot of people. And another one, the other one was Rick Warren. Mm. And I'm sure there are other, plenty of other names that could come on that list. Oh, T.D. Jakes was also mentioned. I saw T.D. Jakes' name in that. From these victims who Mm. actually, eyewitnesses, actually were the victims of this stuff. 
named these people. Wow. And so, folks, not everybody is as they claim to be. Yep. We've seen the Hollywood celebrities named in a lot of this. And you just go down the list. Remember, the uh, who was the comedian, the British comedian, went up before them in the uh, their award ceremony? Oh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Yes, yes, and he was saying... And he I, slammed the he slammed Hollywood. Them. Yeah, what was the, what's that award ceremony? They do? I can't remember what The Oscars, called. was it the, the Oscars? The Oscars, yeah. yes. And uh, and he says, I know Epstein's your friend. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everybody started to feel real uncomfortable in the yeah. room. Remember uh, Weinstein, or Weinstein, whatever his yeah. name was, of Hollywood? Well, guess what? All of them were in on it. Yeah. You didn't make it big in Hollywood yeah. unless you were in on that cult, that human trafficking sex slave cult that they were in. Yeah. Well, guess what, folks? There are megachurch pastors involved in that, too. <laughs> she went to a megachurch pastor for help, and guess what that megachurch pastor did? Called her handlers to come get her. Oh, man. <laughs> and did not help her. Wow. And this was a well-known megachurch pastor who married people, thought he was the greatest thing in the world. You know, the cult of personality sounded good in the pulpit. Yeah. You got to be careful. Man. If they're not solid on the Word of God, which a lot of them are not, if they haven't shown a true life of humility, like John MacArthur, he's not involved in that stuff. Um, be suspect, folks. That's why I keep saying the best pastors are, are the small church pastors that are laboring hard for the flock. Because you, Christ said the church would not accept you. The church would not, I mean not the church, the world, the world would not accept you. The world would not, you would not be popular in the world. Right. And if you're that popular in the world, where are you compromising? That's mm, huge. You know, because the world will not tolerate Christ. Amen. Not the one in the scriptures that called out the Pharisees and drove the money changers out of the temple. Mm -hmm. They won't tolerate that Christ. They want the, well, body Bacham calls the Sisyphi needy Jesus. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the medieval artist Jesus, yeah, the white yeah. middle medieval artist Jesus, with the blonde hair flowing. The one down that the eats rain, you know. with sinners. The one that uh, you know, right? That that, that needy Jesus. Uh, now, are you surprised at all by what has happened with the SBC? Mueller's out of the presidency now, and I'm assuming that that new. Uh, 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 president that is coming in as what I can read, and I did a little bit of research. Yeah, he's a little bit more liberal in his teaching. You know, he does allow women to preach at his church. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has women pastors. Are you yeah. surprised at all with the downward spiral of the SBC? <laughs> Nothing surprises me with the SBC anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and I was suspicious of the SBC in the 1960s. Wow. When I was growing up in yep. the SBC church. 
I don't know how God gave me a perception that others didn't seem to have. But things went, I had an intuition, a perception of things that uh, when I started, when I got to be around 12, 13, 14 years old, I started questioning things mm-hmm. as far as our church goes, as far as the school system, as far as all of that. I started looking at things uh-huh. and something's not right. Yeah. I knew something was out of whack. You know, I became a believer at 15, and that's when uh, the light bulb, the explosion of, <laughs> of atomic light went off in my head, and I went, holy cow, everything's wrong with all this stuff. Yeah. And that's uh, when I was 15. I left this, my Southern Baptist church I was going to at the time. Uh, no, the, I went there with the family because that was, that was yeah. a family church. And uh, I'm not, I mean, not church, not everything was wrong with church. It was Arminian and, and theology, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, and it did preach salvation by grace alone and all that, but a lot of them do and yeah. that are still corrupt, yeah. right? Uh, but So I left and went to a, a different church called Cornerstone Bible Church at the time that was meeting in uh, uh, a school. Uh, an mm. elementary school in the cafeteria, we'd meet there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when I started to grow and learn more about the Word of God and, uh, and my, my uh, uh, journey with uh, Christ and, uh, and through the Scriptures began at that point and, uh, and hasn't stopped since then. And, uh, but I always had a kind of an instinct that something was not right yeah. Concerning how things were being done. And uh, I went back. I, I spent some time in the military. And I went back to visit. And they said, oh, come on, visit the church. So I said, oh, okay. So I ran a couple of people I knew from high school, and they were all excited. And went, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. You know, it's been a long time. Um, I went to a Sunday school class. And they, they said, okay, we're going to have like this mock trial, whatever, the young person's class, right? Uh-huh. I'm still young back then um, and uh, you know we're going to put Jesus on trial and uh, no it says, I think what it was is we're going to put a Christian on trial and see if they qualify for Christianity hmm. and so they had attorneys and I said I'll be yeah. one of the attorneys right and uh, so the other attorneys like uh, well do you do this do you do that trying to pick uh, on the lifestyle yeah and I walked up and said uh Define for me what a Christian is. What's a Christian? <laughs> Start with the basic. And, and they said, uh, <laughs> and the witness said, uh, someone who believes in Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. So, okay. So, have you believed on Jesus Christ and your personal Savior? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Went down and sat down. And and the, and, the, and the teachers up there go no 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 that's not how that's supposed to go and the entire glo- entire class looks at the teacher and goes but he's right <laughs> he got it right you know yeah. yeah he just won the case in like two questions yeah. right and uh, and the poor teacher it, it was not the point he was trying to make yeah but he set it up wrong yeah. You know, and this was typical. They all, all the, all of the, uh, they always had the uh, publications that they would use. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, I mean, when you have a, folks, when you have a Sunday school teacher that's heavily dependent upon a, a Southern Baptist 
publication, Sunday school publication, and he's using what's in the publication to teach his class, you have the wrong Sunday school teacher. <laughs> you, if you want to teach Sunday school, you better know the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Have I taught Sunday school, brother? Yes, you have. And what have I used to teach Sunday school? Uh, what have you used? Oh, man, that beautiful book that uh, you like to read a lot, uh, the Bible. Uh-huh. And did I use anyone else's outline? Uh, nope. What did I you do? You wrote an outline that was written by you, of course, with the subject matter in it. But every single line of that outline had a scripture that went with it. And did the pastors have any problem with the, anything I did in my Sunday school class? Uh, they sure didn't. They looked at it, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they get back to you. Praise the Lord. Teach it, brother. And did they monitor those classes? Yes, they do. And they still had no problems. There was absolutely no problem because they knew that what was being taught is in accordance with what they teach. And what the church uh, governance teaches as well. In other words, I might be self-educated on theology and all that, but well-educated. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. And uh, he doesn't have an MBA, Master of Divinity, slash Master of the Custodial Arts, <laughs> any other <laughs> initials right next to his name. Uh, doesn't have a beautiful degree hanging well he does have a congratulations Jeff successfully completing the Michel Fishing Trails original Park Street Challenge <laughs> which, one, which one I would expect you have and then there's the other one oh right? and there's the, the Grey Dragon Martial Arts Academy Certificate of Merit so those are some accolades right there Senior Master oh I'm yeah, sorry yeah. Senior Master yeah, Jeff yeah. Claiborne uh, but Bible, yeah, the Bible it, says, "Call no man master." That's but, right. That's right. That's right. And over here, I got a couple of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, discharges, right? Discharges, discharge, honorable discharges. And then that third one over there is uh, uh, chief common uh, commendation, San Diego Community College District. Uh, what else? Supervisors commendation. Bro, why am I even listening to you? You don't even have any certificates that you're a master of divinity or that you graduated from. I got a advanced post certificate up there on that side, which is got a map of the world for law enforcement. Why am I listening to you? You don't even have any certificates that you know tell you that you graduated from the school of biblical hard. I'm gonna tell you what I tell other people. (laughs) I have the same degree and certification and qualification. As the apostles. What? Are you making yourself equal to the apostles, bro? Come on. No, we're talking education. (laughs) Are you making yourself educationally uh, equal? I have the same thing they had, the word of God. I was going to say, but bro, they used the word of God. (laughs) Wait a minute. Jesus taught them the word of God. And he put it in writing, and it's right here, and it's in a book, and we can read it, right? Oh, yeah, um, that's right. And we can, uh, but, but here's the Did thing. that mean that I can do the same thing? Should I probably start reading more? Probably, Teaching yeah, more? That's <laughs> I've been but, doing it wrong all this time. The, so I'm self-educated, and it, this is, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just trying to show you folks. You don't, this thing about you have to have a degree, and you have to have some something from some seminary or something somewhere in order to be qualified to teach the Word of God is false. 
God has gifted many of you to be able to teach it. You know the scriptures, some of you. You know how to teach it. You've been gifted in teaching it. And you're waiting around, well, I don't have a degree from the seminary. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have what the world calls an education. Mm. Well, guess what? Neither did the apostles. Neither did a lot, most of the early pastors. They were common people that yep. God gifted. The Holy Spirit taught them the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit enabled them to teach the scriptures. We have been fed a crock of lies when it comes to qualifications to teach the Word of God. Mm. You don't need all that fancy stuff. Now, if you have it, that's great. I'm not, I'm not putting that stuff down. But if you're holding people back because you say, oh, well, you got to go to seminary first. Oh, you got to go to Bible college first. I do have three years of Bible Institute that I attended. Right. But you got to have all this stuff. No, you don't. No. You just got to know the Word of God. Amen. That's all. Amen. And that doesn't, you don't have to have seminary to know the Word of God. No. Study. Study hard. Right. And if you cannot develop what you were trying to teach from Scripture because you don't understand it, Hey, go talk to another brother that does. Right. So how was I self-educated? Well, I've got Philip Scaff's full church well, history. Well, let me see. Here. You got about a million books in here? About a million books, yeah. <laughs> I got all the anti-Nicene fathers. No, and it's not your best life now. Living I've got your best books life on now. textual criticism. I've got books on origins. I've got books on... i got commentaries. I've got um, books on history. I've got over here, I got theology books. I've got uh, portable seminary, a book, one book called a Portable Seminary. Um, I got Christian apologetics materials. Um, I've got the Puritans in here. I've got, uh, I've got Edersheim, uh, Jesus the Messiah, which is really good. Um, I mean, good night. You can go down the list. I got, I got the uh, helps. I've got Strong's. I've got, uh, I've got the uh, uh, Greek and linear. I've got Greek books on how to. I've learned what I could of Greek, but I got basics of biblical Greek right there. Mm -hmm. nice Never took there. a class a day in my life, but you can learn it. Yep. All you gotta do is get the materials and study it. Yep. And and the thing is, folks. And do I know some Greek? Yeah, you know some Greek. I know a little bit. Yeah. I know enough to, to pick up my own linear and go, yeah, I know this word, I know what this means, and I know that. Right. Which, by the way, folks, I've been in this man's uh, <clears throat> presses when he teaches. Uh, I've seen when he writes his uh, outlines. I've been in the man's study. Uh, I've been to uh, you know some of the center school he's taught. Every, a lot of the references in his outlines, they have Hebrew in it. They have Greek in it. And you actually study when and prepare for when you're teaching those things. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then it, like you said, it didn't take a special certificate because you no. went to a school. I mean, you study, you put the time, you pray the Holy Spirit help you interpret it correctly, right? right? right. Which we all should do. We all, we have that capability. And folks, besides, we men, especially men, when talking to men, because we are the first ministers to, the first minister to our family. Our family is sanctified by how we teach them. Mm -hmm. And, hey, we're not perfect. I mess up a lot of the times. But it's, are we teaching what we're teaching correct? 
And when we teach it, are they listening to us? More from a, hey, that's our leader, that's our guide. Have we demonstrated the kind of knowledge and the kind of dedication to learning and studying for their benefit? Mm-hmm. For them to earn them their respect and not for them to listen to us. It's not just, I'm the dad, sit down, I'm the boss. I'm... No. Earn it. Earn, earn your family's respect. Earn, earn your church's respect. When, when you earn their respect and you really apply yourself, it takes hard work. Oh, good night, that horrible word, hard work, right? It takes hard work and study, and you got to love doing it. Amen. The church will recognize it. They recognize that. You yeah. know, they see it. When you're walking in and, and you're having conversations with the pastors on a seminary level and you've never been to seminary, the church is like, wow. Yeah. You know, where'd you get that? Right. I, I, was, I was at work the other night. We we're having a briefing and they're talking, you know, they're going to mandate the injections now uh-huh. at, at work. I'm, I'm going to be gone before that, that mandate takes effect. But um, we got it, you know, the supervisors and, and I and a couple of guys got into a little discussion during briefing. And, and um, one of the supervisors, I, I mentioned that, uh, about the mRNA. And one of the supervisors said, uh, Jeff, you, uh, yeah, now that you mentioned M- mRNA, so let me ask you, uh, if I take a, and he went through the whole biology, if okay. I take, if I take, uh, uh, he used really good terms too, he, he knew his biology, and then, then I isolate the, you know, isolate the protein, this protein, that virus, so forth, and I uh, do this to it, and I put it in an injection, and I inject it in, I go, he goes, now what is that? I go, that's, that's a standard vaccine. He goes, right. I go, that is how vaccines are made. That's a standard vaccine. That's like a flu vaccine that you normally get. He goes, okay, so what's the difference between that and what, what's now? I go, what's now is not a standard vaccine. It's mRNA, and I went through all that, talked about the, you know, uh, the lipids, let it enter the cell, and I talked about how, um, you know, what it does in connecting and speaking to the DNA, RNA being the messenger, and it being the, you know, uh, synthetic RNA. Mm-hmm. And I went through all this, right? And he's he, he's looking at me going, we could have a good conversation. <laughs> and the rest of the, and the other officers were looking at me, and one of the sergeants sitting on the backside there looks and he goes, where are you? Are you? Why are you doing? What are you doing here? You need to be teaching a class in this university. That's what he said. <laughs> and I looked at him. And I go, well, you know, I says I'm. Uh, the kids are out of the house. I have nothing else to do but sit around and study. <laughs> and of course, the whole place oh, started cracking awesome. up, laughing. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> but but that's that's the point. I don't have a degree in biology or anything like that. But the education system is antiquated. Anybody can go on in the internet today and learn anything. You can self-educate yourself. You can educate yourself. Anything you need to know about biology, you can learn it. Anything you need to know about chemistry, you can learn it. Yeah. Now, you might get a tutor to help you know, right. with the sticky parts, right? Right. History, good night. If you can't learn history... <laughs> 
I mean, just buy the books and start reading them. There's history sections in the bookstore. Remember that, bro. There's audiobooks you know? now. There's audiobooks. If you're not there, a reader, right. somebody read to you. There's, there's <laughs> sites, there's websites dedicated to history. Yeah. Just teaching oh, yeah. history, right? Yeah. You can go on YouTube. No, 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 I'm rather a grumble. <laughs> I'm about to promote YouTube. <laughs> so I'm not a YouTube fan. But you can, this is true, you can go on YouTube and get instruction in almost any Anything. subject you no. want. Yeah, you're right. There are professors on YouTube that are giving it out for free. Because yeah. they love doing it. And this is the beauty about technology. You know, we've spoken about right. the bad things in technology, but this is right. a good thing, technology. That's the good side. Look at all the good things we can find and do and obtain. Right. So what's the key? Stop being lazy. Stop being a, a, a you know, mind-numb robot of the one-eyed monster, right? Where you're sitting there watching the television and your eyes are going, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
And and folks, that's how you teach your your own kids. Right? How many of you know even one logical fallacy? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what a syllogism is? Do you know how words are arranged? Do you yeah. understand how words are used in uh, to manipulate people's mind and their thinking? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between an ad hominem and uh, a post hoc ego propter hoc? <laughs> What's the difference between those two things? Yeah. They're both logical. They're both concepts in logic. And logic, right? right? So, but, oh, I don't know I could ever learn that. Well, yeah, you can. It's easy. Yeah. Guess where I learned logic? I picked up books and started learning it. Nobody taught me logic. I didn't <laughs> learn it in school. They didn't teach it in school. Nobody's teaching it anymore. It's, they, they consider it to be racist because it's white. They say logic is a white man's reasoning, so they don't yeah, teach it, yeah. right? <clears throat> that is true. But you know what? There are books... I picked mm-hmm. up a workbook on logic, and I had started educating myself. Mm. I I have probably four or five really good books on logic here. Mm-hmm. I got books on philosophy. I got philosophy books. I've got science books. I've got biology books. I've got bo- there's a book right there on physics. One on ge- on genetics. One on chemistry. Yeah, general chemistry. Yeah, I got the central dictionary of science. There's astronomy. Geography. Yeah, cosmology. I mean, and there's. Augustine, uh, the the city of God, right there. He even has books on physics for dummies, genetics for dummies. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? When I started learning that stuff, I was a dummy. <laughs> but it's okay. You start somewhere. You start somewhere, and you start learning. Yeah, that's important. That's an important thing in life. It is. Don't let it. And what happens is when you begin to learn that stuff, and you begin to teach yourself. You're, it's harder for people to deceive you at that point. Mm-hmm. Because you hear something and you go, uh, that doesn't sound that doesn't right. Sound right, right. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't that jive in well? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, go ahead, brother. No, no. I, I love that we went this direction just from an article that we were reading in regards to the SBC. But that's to tell you where the SBC is, you know, where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not allowing people to think. And I think with this whole thing that they're moving towards more social justice and critical race theory, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a downward spiral that the SBC is going through. And because why? We allow the world to be influencing the church. And when you're not educated, like my brother says, when you don't put the effort into educating yourself, knowing scripture, uh, teaching others, you're going to fall victim to these things. You're going to go, oh, they must be doing it because these are the people that have degrees and making these decisions. And then we think they're all mighty, you know, great teachers and theologians because they have these degrees and these accolades. But no, it's not. Uh, some people have degrees and they actually know things and they, they, they did well. Yeah. And other people have degrees, and they're dumb as a rock. Yep. Unfortunate. It yep. just depends. Right. I mean, I'm not going to stereotype everyone who went to college and got a degree as being dumb as a rock, but a lot of them are, Yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And the unfortunate you know, thing is because they do see those degrees, they see this long, you know, written, almost like a, like a resume of all these accolades and, you know, goals that have they have reached and that... For a man's eyes, it looks like, man, this person is established. You know, this person is, 
and we fall you know we fall victim to that like right. yeah this person has you know and knows it all right but again you just said it brother it's just yeah it's not that the truth there's a uh, lot of people that have many degrees and but they are far far away from the truth right if you've never read psalms proverbs and ecclesiastes mm-hmm. those three books then you don't know anything about wisdom mm. you have no wisdom That's huge yep and you're going to be easily deceived I guarantee you, because that's God's source of ris- wisdom. You don't get wisdom in your sociology class, your psychology class, your critical race theory class, whatever it might be, your cultural studies class. Your They don't give you wisdom. <clears throat> that's true. They don't have any. You can only impart what you possess. And if you don't, if you don't have any time in Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes then you don't possess any wisdom. Mm -hmm. And you can't impart any wisdom. And the vast majority of those professors are secularists. And they've never read those books. Matter of fact, they'd rather spend their time criticizing those books. Well, I I wouldn't take advice from those professors because they lack wisdom. You know, declaring mm-hmm. themselves to be wise, they became fools, yeah. the scripture says in, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and that's true. Mm-hmm. They have their fancy degrees, they got their big accolades, they can spout uh, off the language of their particular field of study, but they don't have any wisdom. Mm-hmm. You want to sound smart, folks? Just start learning the vocabulary of a particular uh, field of study, and you'll sound smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now you might not know anything. You may not understand things. You might not have a, a good sense of logic and reasoning. But if you can spout off the vocabulary, you sound really, really smart. You know, that's. A, I mean, how many people really catch on to that kind of stuff? Mm. Just because somebody's got a good vocabulary doesn't mean they know anything. That's and true. just because they have an English accent doesn't mean they're smarter than all the rest of us. And just because they have a southern accent doesn't mean they're, they're, they're necessarily mean that they're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they, they're stereotypes. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, right? Right. Yeah. Good stuff, my brother. I like oh. this. I like oh. this. I'm going to switch gears real quick. All right. I'm going to make... <laughs> it's that time. Grinding the brain's gears. Yes. We gotta have some kind of an intro. I know, that. I gotta make something <laughs> up for this for this part of uh, any of our podcasts, right? <clears throat> Alright, brother. I'm gonna show you a picture oh, of a, glasses. A nearly wet of nearly weds. Uh you're gonna need to describe the picture to the audience after I see it. I will it. describe okay. it. Okay. Alright. I want to get your reaction. Obviously, folks won't see it, but we can explain your reaction after you see the picture. And then I'm going to give you background of this picture. All right, you ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, off the top of your head. What? I mean, it, 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 it's a matter of fact. You're looking at the picture, describe it. For the folks listening, I'm embarrassed to describe I, this. I, I know, I know, but we have to deal with this. And <sighs> tell me, just first eye on the picture, what is it? What is it implying to you? 
This is a family program, bro. It's a family program, but sometimes we get a little edgy. And this on picture the subject is inappropriate. Uh huh. Uh, white female in what looks like maybe a wedding dress of some sort. It's a sort. wedding dress. Okay. It, it was right after their wedding. They said just recently okay. gotten married. She is bent over. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's standing, bent over, forward. Uh, you can hardly see her face because her hair is dripping down, covering her face. Her arms are stretched out forward ahead of her. Covering her ears, uh, where her fingers, her hands are out forward, right mm-hmm. ahead of her. And the supposed husband, mm-hmm. uh, a black male, is standing behind her. His hand is on the lower part of her back. The other hand is disappearing on her side. I can't really tell where that's going. And his body is pressed tightly up against her body. Mm-hmm. And he's got a very interesting look on his face. Like okay. um, a look of um, great effort. Mm. Okay. Is that a good description? That's a very good description. <laughs> and for you folks who didn't figure out that the brain, his past career was a cop with that description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I had to write a police report on that. Oh. So, folks, just as he described it, it's a picture of a newlyweds. Uh, like my brother said, the female bent over, kind of rubbing up against her husband in a very, if you could think about... Provocative? Provocative way, yes. Yeah. And him, like I said, he has a few weird face. I don't know what kind of face he's making, but his hand pressed upon her lower back, simulating... What's to be that should be kept behind? And similarly, what should be uh, yeah. on, on, uh, happening on, on a honeymoon, right? Honeymoon night, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> with that image that I showed you, and I'll give people information here. All right. First of all, the gentleman's name is Chandler Moore. All right, brother? Okay. Chandler Moore. Chandler okay. Moore is an American Christian singer, songwriter, and worship leader. Moore is a member of the Maverick City Music Collective and has all and has a leading role in the production department of All Nations Worship Assembly in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Moore made his solo debut in 2014 with the release of Never Run Out and Our Hope as singles. In 2018, Moore released What a Friend as a single. So the reason why I read this is because he is a leader, a worship leader. He's a worship leader in his church. He's almost like a celebrity because he's done music together with Justin Bieber, uh, Justin Bieber which I'm sure a lot of folks know. <clears throat> he's the one that has been proclaimed to be a Christian. And uh, Anyways, that picture who, that was posted to his Instagram account brought a lot of controversy, brother. I imagine. A lot of controversy, a lot of believers just like, this is wrong, man, what are you doing? They deemed it inappropriate, wedding photo, uh, critics slammed him, and he actually responded back, you know, uh, so I'll read you a little bit on what he responded. So upon seeing that picture, you get an idea of what we're dealing with, and it says here, Maverick City frontman Chandler Moore married Hannah Poole this month and has offered an apology to those offended by his posting of a photo from the wedding that some found inappropriate. Uh-huh. The couple wed on their first 
under one-year anniversary of meeting, June 8th. Moore shares several photos of the special ceremony, including a motion photo of his wife dancing on him, which is that photo you just saw. Mm. Uh, it says here, uh, Grace, Hannah Grace Moore knows how to twerk. Now, if you guys know what twerking means, and I'm sure you do, brother, it's a dance that has been used lately in how a woman moves her lower bottom a certain way, whatever, which has always been inappropriate, obviously. Uh-huh. And his hashtag response to that was, Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> the popular worship leader captioned the picture. His timeline filled with people criticizing the photo for being sexual and suggestive. Moore said, people even began to speak against his marriage. Someone said Moore knew that his pose was salacious and ungodly, carnal behavior. Another chimed in, noting that modesty is something you'd expect from someone with such an anointed platform. Marriage is beautiful, sex within a marriage is beautiful, but this is unnecessary. We're called to a higher standard. While on his honeymoon, the singer felt the need to address the photo and those who criticize him. I won't give too much context because it's not necessary, but for those who actually care, my wife was dancing on me. We weren't doing a sexual act. More explaining his latest Instagram post. As I said in caption, she was dancing. There was great music being played. We took a pic while dancing. That's all. If I offended you that I posted it, I apologize. The 26-year-old went on to say how saddened he was by all of the negative demeaning comments he and his new wife received as a result of the post. Moore said the animosity came their way because they were dancing in some ways believed inappropriate. Some people literally said we would struggle in the future. We would have a rough marriage. Moore shared of his feedback. Just to give you... A little bit. Oh, let me finish this one. No part of that is Christ-like, he added. The first principle of correction is you need proximity to someone to give healthy correction. 100% of those who posted publicly or commented literally do not know me. They know what they think about me. That's it. LOL. Anyways, with that, his response, brother. I'm going to ask you first. Do you, did you think that picture was inappropriate to post? Yes. And why is that? As a Christian leader, especially, mm-hmm. you're an example to young Christians. Amen. You're an example to children. Mm-hmm. You're an example to teenagers. Um, and well, you saw my reaction to it when I first saw it. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. And here's another reason. And by the way, folks, his look, he looked down at the phone, he looked at it, and he went, what? <laughs> Just to tell you, his reaction, his face. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was concerning, right? It was, it was concerning, yeah. Yeah. It's worth a, a million, a picture's worth a million words. A million right? words, right. I'm going to read this. Yes. See if anybody can could guess where it, it's located. Mm. Not easy to do, but I'll just read it, and then I'll tell you later. Uh, but speak thou the but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, 
teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, mm-hmm. that the word of God may not be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing your, thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he be as of the contrary part may be ashamed. I'm sorry, let me read that again. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed. In other words, if, if he's not of sound speech, he should be ashamed. Meaning, you know, watch your, watch your language, mm-hmm. right? Having no evil thing to say of, exhort servants to be obedient to their own masters. <gasps> that's in the Bible? Yeah, folks, that's in the Bible because God doesn't think the way we think. We think we're privileged. All of us think we're privileged. Mm-hmm. It's not just white privilege. It's human privilege. We Humans think they're privileged. We deserve hell. The fact that we're not in hell is grace and mercy. Always remember that. And to please them well in all things, not answering again, not Prolong, prolonging, but showing uh, all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should, not, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, brother, based upon that passage alone, and there's a number of different ones I could pick out, how would that picture relate to what I just read? <laughs> Not meeting those standards? <laughs> yeah. 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 Discreet, right? Chaste, yeah. right? That's not discreet and chaste. Right. That's not uh, dignified. Right. We're supposed to be dignified as Christians. Right. <clears throat> right? Which means we're supposed to act in a dignified manner, conduct mm-hmm. ourselves in a dignified manner. And I know that some of us have those personalities where we like to cut up and joke and things like that. Sure. That, that's sure. fine as long as it's done in a dignified manner. Mm-hmm. Not get raunchy. Right. A twerking is not dignified. Yeah. That's not chase. Right. That's not showing chastity to young women. And you don't, do, if you want to do that in the privacy of your own bedroom, no problem. Right. There's no rules there. Right. I mean, God has left it. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your time. It sounds like they'll have a great marriage to me because they're going to have a lot of, they enjoy each other. They enjoy their company together, right? They have fun with each other. That's one of the things you need in marriage, folks. Uh, But just not in public in that way. Yeah. Because you're sending the wrong message to people who don't need that message. Right. And, I mean, you said it. 
portraying that. And even at the very least, <clears throat> the moment you took the picture, knowing the position you're in as a leader, people looking up to you, I mean, I mean, it's the world of social media, right? You post everything on social media. People like to post their life and what they eat and everything. But we have to make an effort, right? And being right. leaders of this world, whether it be leader of the youth, leaders in the church, we got to think before we post something like that. It's either, you know what? Right. right. I don't think there's anything wrong with me and my wife doing this, but that's more personal for us. Right. I should not put this in public because then it's going to give... You know, it's going to bring about the criticizing of of it. Right. You know? Right. And like you said, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I, they, they seem like going to have a great time, and they're going to love each other. I and think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't want to question But we have marriage. to be above yeah. reproach, meaning even right. in things like these, we have to be right more Christ-like. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How we conduct ourselves yeah. does does count. Yeah. And some of the criticism you know? was rightly so, I believe. There right. were some that I read, not on this article, but others that I read. You know, you get your Christians that are very more holy than thou, and they really sure. want to, you know, destroy. Uh, and I completely disagree with them. I think, right. like, you know what, just, just stop. Don't, don't make a fool out of yourself. I but agree. Uh, agree at the that. same time, some of it was, you know, yeah, it, he should be criticized like that because of the position he's holding as a leader, right? Yeah, and, and uh, criticism for the purpose of, rest, of restoring or instructing, not criticism Correct. for the point of uh, for the purpose of tearing down. Right. And, uh, when you're doing it for the purpose of tearing down, that's that's holier than thou. That's right. self, self. That's self righteousness. Yeah, which a lot of right. comments were like that. You know, it's more tearing yeah. down, like yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I wanted to show you. I like that response you gave. Thank you for the scripture. I believe that was at. Titus, it's either one, two, three, or four. Two. <laughs> two, yes. Yeah, very good. I remember Tid the book, but I don't remember. Titus chapter two, very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, folks, you know, a lot of the times we're going to see these things, and, you know, we have to be wise. If we're responding, if we're, you know, we are friends with them, we have to be wise in the way we promote, or we criticize them. You know, I would have, if I would have been a friend of him, I would just send him a, a, per, a private message. Hey, bro, you know what? This seemed a little bit... You know, not in good taste. <laughs> right. You know, I love that you're having a lot of fun with your wife, but, you know, I don't think that was appropriate. I want to uplift you and encourage you to, you know. Right. Because right. I think that's the world we're living nowadays, brother. It's like we have many that, man, they just like to bring each other down as believers, you know, to the point where, I mean, you get people that hate on you because of things like this. And, you know, if we're calling ourselves Christians, we're one body in Christ. You know, we're not giving a great testimony to to the world. You know, not that this is going to bring salvation to the world or anything like that, but our image, our appearance, you know, above reproach, you know, doing these things righteously. Right. Well, this is also why we have elders in the church. Yeah. To address things like this. Yes, that's right. Yeah, if you're a prominent Christian and you're saying, I'm, I'm, I have a ministry and it's a music ministry, well, that means you're in the ministry. And and, uh, and that means that uh, you got to follow the, the same um, qualifications as a pastor. Yeah, in my no, opinion. For sure. And uh, so that means uh, the, the elders of the church. They, uh, we we want to meet with your brother. Yeah, exactly. Sit down now, and, and instruct him because 
Uh-huh. And there's a, there's different maturity levels. Oh, yeah. And people for don't sure. know. People don't understand sometimes. I mean, he's young. He's 26. Yeah, he's a young yeah, man. He's a young he's man. A young so. man. He's, uh, he's got one a lot thing, to learn. One thing that concerned me, I didn't read, I didn't, did not read the entire article, but after what I read last, uh, the people that he's accountable to, what he's saying is that they were okay with it. Now, that's where I'm concerned. I'm concerned there. If those that you're accountable to don't see anything wrong with that, <laughs> then uh, I think uh, maybe they need some accountability. Right? Yeah. So I that's think. the only that I saw concerning. Wait a minute. So you don't think... Yeah, I think... Did you seeing. really go to the, your uh, people that you're accountable to then? You know? It's, yeah, that means so. that... Uh, well, they're probably young too. Probably. And, and, and I'll get on this. I think we're going in the right, a good direction. Oh, the praise the Lord. And so we're just, I'm just going to run with this. So. Run with it, brother. Here's one of the, that's one of the big problems with how we choose pastors. Mm-hmm. That is, oh, they have a seminary degree. Oh, what, how long would it, that take? It'd be about six years to get a good seminary degree, maybe yeah. a master's degree, yeah. something like that. Right. So you leave high school, what, 18, you go to college uh-huh. 19, so six years. 23, 24. 23, 24, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I went to the police guy when I was 29. And they talk about you need maturity to be a cop, right? Uh-huh. To be able to conduct yourself as a cop. I was 29 when I went through the academy. And uh, I still felt like I needed more life experience mm. to handle what was in front of me because that's yeah. a tough job. But same is, same with ministry. It's a tough job. You're gonna, Here you are, you're 24, 25 years old, you come out of seminary, some church gets all excited about you because you've got a seminary degree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You are all educated. <laughs> and what's the first thing they do? They say, well, you're, you're one of the young guys, so we're going to put you with the youth group. <laughs> because you'll be able to relate to the youth group. Yeah, right, right. So you got a 24, 25-year-old kid from my, you know, because I'm old gray-haired guy. They're kids to me, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm offensive to some people. Oh, I'm 25. I'm not a kid anymore. Oh, whatever. So anyway, right? right. Oh, whatever. whatever. So, so you're still a kid to me. So, uh, so uh, and, and has no life experience other than high school, Bible college, seminary. That's his life experience. Okay. Maybe he got married coming out of Bible college or something. Right. Very little life experience. You're going to put him in, and we don't even know if he's converted. We don't even know if he's a, a true believer. Mm-hmm. Nobody's observed his life. Nobody's taken, okay, spend a year in the church. Let us observe your life and see if you qualify. No, they don't do that. It's a hiring process like, like human resources would hire somebody, yeah. right? right? This is not biblical. Okay, so, and then, so you, you go through church human resources and you meet the qualifications and you pass the interviews like you're getting hired by a corporation yeah <laughs> and you they okay we're going to assign you to the youth group we don't even know if he's converted we don't know if his life is one that would in in, in his discreetness his chasteness his his manner of life would be appropriate mm-hmm to put him in to teach the teenagers, yeah. right? 
But does that matter to most churches today? No. He's got a seminary degree. We're good. <laughs> Stick him in there, and he's teaching. He's a kid teaching kids. Yeah. Right? With no life experience. And we wonder why our youth groups are messed up. <laughs> this is the reason, folks. I pulled my children out of the youth group. Yeah. I visited one time as a parent to check in on my kids. I was there for 15, 20 minutes. I looked at them and I said, let's go. You're yeah. not staying here. Yeah. And out they went. No more youth, and they didn't, not another day in youth group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They went to Sunday school with me, and that's my middle daughter and my youngest son. Yeah. It took me, my oldest daughter, to learn. <laughs> By the time we got to my middle daughter and my that's son, weird. I yeah, had to like, out, I am, right? Yeah, right? I have more wisdom so, now. <laughs> yeah, I have more wisdom. So, uh, so, yeah, and that was one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. Pull them out of youth group. So I'm, look, I'm looking at this kid teach my kids and you know, yeah, he did. I mean, he was a good preacher and stuff. Uh, but I'm looking at the group, and I'm looking at how they conducted business, and I'm going, no, this is not what I want my kids to learn. Yeah. Not not necessarily the teaching from the pulpit, which was with this particular church. It was okay. It was okay. Not great, but it was okay. It's the teaching from the action from the other kids. The teaching yeah, from yeah. the too much familiarization, uh, not enough respect toward the older in instructor, the older teacher. There needs to be a sense of mm -hmm. respect there, mm -hmm. a sense of dignity there, which was lacking. It's everybody's buddy, buddy, right? And that's not how we teach them. Yeah. Okay? There needs to be structure. God has structure. And so I said, no, done, you're out. So this is, and, and so... We don't observe their life. Now they're part of the staff. And because they have a seminary degree and they make some confession of faith, we think they're good to go. Yeah. They might, <laughs> they might not even be converted. Right. They might not even be a true believer. That is true. It's just all corporate built. Mm. Now, what's the biblical way of handling this? You observe the people in your congregation. Mm. And you go, you know, Johnny over there, seems that he seems to really, his life has really taken a turn toward Christ. We can see it in him. We can see that he's a different person. We know he's converted. And we've been watching for a while. And he really seems to have a gift for teaching the word. He He's really taught himself the word, he's paid attention, he's learning, he's, he's teaching uh, on the side, you know, in conversations, he's showing that he has knowledge in his manner of life, we're watching his manner of life, and he's not doing anything inappropriate, he seems to have a seriousness about himself mm -hmm. when he comes mm -hmm. into the church, um, his manner of life matches the manner that we see in Titus and First Timothy, uh, we gave him an opportunity to go teach a Sunday school, and he did a great job because you know he just that just it just it's like uh, you know when the Jeremiah said it's in my belly and it's got to come out right I don't it, it, it's in me like fire and I've, it's got to come out well that we see that with Johnny here 
And uh, we've given it time. We've given it you know, two years. We've been observing. And I've had several people come up to me from the conversation. You know, I really like Johnny's teaching. You know, he's really this and that, that and other thing. And so the elder board has looked at this and said, you know what? We need to start training Johnny to go into the ministry. Hmm. That's the biblical way it should be done, folks. That's how Christ intended it to be done. That's how the apostles did it when they were teaching the first and second century um, fathers of the church. Yeah. It wasn't. And we got a great example in Paul and Timothy. Yes. I mean, right there. That was, I mean, Timothy was a young man. I mean, I don't remember exactly the age where he's, you know, Paul started teaching him. Right, right. But he was a young man. Now, Paul was highly educated. Very, yeah. But even Paul recognized that that education was not enough. And he spoke about that so often in, in the, his epistles. Okay. How it was the manner of life. It was the conversion on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. It was his time in the wilderness after that. It was his uh, willingness to, to, to take the arrows yeah. Right? That were coming oh, yeah. in his direction. Um, it was his continued study of the Word of God. His, uh, he was instructed by Christ because that seminary degree he had from the Pharisees was not sufficient. Mm. So if you go to a seminary today and it's just a bunch of Pharisees teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seminaries are not what. They're not what they used to be. There's, no, well, there's not, a lot of progression, a lot of progressiveness right, happening. Right. Critical race theory, social injustice issues, all these things now that... We're watching that happen. And I've noticed a number of pastors have started saying, you know what, we, we don't want to send our kids to seminary anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, we want to start teaching them here at our own church. Yeah, And that's what would happen with me... Um, a church here in San Diego, not the one we're attending now, had a Bible institute, and they had young men that thought they thought were gifted, and they said, "We'd like for you to be in the Bible institute." And we, I went to the Bible institute, and they had the the elders taught in the Bible institute. Mm-hmm. And so the elders developed young men to be men of God and to go teach the Word of God. And that's, that's the biblical model. Yeah, amen. Good stuff. So I don't have some official degree from some official university um, that the world would recognize. But I do have what God would recognize. And that's what we need. Praise the Lord. Yep. So. Good stuff, my brother. I like it. I like it. Thank yep. you for the. Uh, you know what, folks? A lot of the times we we get together, we have some articles to talk about. We don't really talk about them as far as how we're going to deal with them during the podcast. But praise the Lord. He takes it the direction that he does. He does. Opens up the conversation and many things that we see, you know, in praise the Lord. I mean, that, that's the thing. He knows what the people need. We don't. The Holy Spirit knows and we don't. 
you know, I'm, I've been going through news articles all this week, and, oh, man, there is a lot of interesting stuff in the news, a ton of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Go to the C-Files and watch my news channel, folks. Uh, oh, yeah, but yeah, there. it's not what the Holy Spirit was interested in today, was mm-hmm. it? Nope. So nope. somebody needed this. Amen. Amen. And so we're obedient to Christ, we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, in whatever direction God takes. That's why we pray at the beginning of the podcast now, folks, is because it's needed, because we need God's direction for the podcast. Amen. And uh, not not our direction, not what we want, but what God wants. Amen. And folks, trust me when I tell you this, when when we're done with our podcast, we say our goodbyes, and I hit my way home, I'll be honest, brother. I think about the, what we just spoke about. Yeah, and a lot it. of the times it's self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Things that I need to go, man, I need to change that part of my life. Or I need to put more effort into this part of my life. Mm-hmm. I have to deny myself more often. You know, even for myself, brother, it's just I'm always thinking. Even things that I say, I'll be like, man, I said that. Man, I have to really be more like that. You know, or my brother said this, mm-hmm. man, the scripture, he read that part of scripture. I need to go read it again and apply it to my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that we should be doing more often. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. we're not perfect. We're going to mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. We're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to have the, you know, be it reminded to you as far as the way we should live, how we should carry ourselves, how we should study, when should we study, how mm-hmm. to lead our families. Mm-hmm. And then that's a passion me and my brother have. You know, we have a passion for men, you know, but we have a passion also for God's truth to be taught, you know, in general for all right. Christians. Christian living more right. than anything, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. And even when I'm doing the news, I'm I'm applying it in a in a way of Christian living or gen- general Christian wisdom. Amen. So, good stuff, my brother. Man, I think we'll end it right here, right? It yeah. was a good spot. I, I don't think of anything else. No, me neither, man. We went the way yeah. we want. I think the Holy Spirit wanted to go. So, praise okay. the Lord for that. Yeah. Well, thank you, my brother. Appreciate your input, your your brain. <laughs> that God gave. <laughs> that God gave you exactly. Close us yeah. out, brother. Thank you. Well, remember, folks. Remember. Uh, Keep your mind sharp, your heart pure, and we'll we'll see you next podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives, that uh, they uh, put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well, and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have, that we continue to be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. Stay